So for now, though, let's get into some of our commodities in more detail and welcome Maddie to the microphone. And Maddie, I just touched on food price pressure uh, earlier. What are we seeing right now? Yeah, hi, Mark. Yeah, that's right. We haven't uh, talked about food prices in a little while, and it's always a really interesting topic to come back to. Um, and it has been quite topical in the news for in the past couple of quarters. To summarise, Australian food prices are definitely on the way up. Um, in the past year, they've gone up 0.7%, which is quite a significant increase in just a year alone. Um, but there is a, a clear ongoing trend um, upwards for, for all food prices, really. But the main story that stems out of that is beef prices. So there were, between 2016 and 2018-19, there was a real hiatus or ceiling in, in the retail cost of beef that most people surmised that the supermarkets and butchers had decided that Australian consumers would only pay so much for their steak or mince. Since then, and obviously since uh, sale prices have gone, um, have skyrocketed, um, since then uh, beef prices have gone uh, through the roof as well. So in the past year alone, the retail cost of beef has gone up 13%, which is huge, really, when you consider um, how long they, spe they spent um, at a relatively stagnant rate. The in interesting thing is this doesn't really seem to have flowed through to consumption as yet. We're not quite sure if that's a flow-on effect of COVID and not um, not eating in restaurants and takeout uh, venues and um, whether it being a factor of cookie at home, we, we're not quite sure. But it doesn't seem as yet that people are pulling back on how much beef they buy. Anecdotally, however, people are saying that uh, people are buying the cheaper cuts, so it's not quite so common for a family to be fed on steak for a night. It's more likely to be mince or chuck. Um, so that seems to be an impact, but we'll have to wait till after COVID really comes out of the system and the restaurants open back up again so we know what that incre increase in retail beef prices means um, for consumption. You then put it in contrast with the other, other meat prices. So lamb is up 2% in the past year. So that real discrepancy between beef price increases and lamb price increases is actually providing some cover for lamb and there's a bit of shift from beef to lamb consumption. So lamb's doing really well at the moment. Chicken prices are steady and pork's actually dropped about 0.6% in the last year. Having said that, they haven't really increased in consumption. So it's a really interesting dynamic we've got going on. If you then pull back a little bit longer, uh, for have a, a bit of a long-term look at it, if you look at the sale yard prices, it, the indicators for uh, lamb and for beef against the retail prices, it actually seems that what's happening now is a bit of a correction for those years of stagnant retail prices. And actually, we're getting retail beef prices back up to a level where they should be and are moving in tandem with sale yard prices. So it actually seems to be less of a more of a, re, a correction rather than a rather than an anomaly. Um, if we have a quick look at the other um, the other categories of food, there are two really interesting stories for me. Fruit and vegetable prices, and people have talked about this quite often, um, have jumped really significantly based on a number of factors in the last quarter alone. So, fruit and veggie prices, primarily fruit prices in this in this case, have gone up five percent in the last quarter alone. Now, that's based on two factors, a lack of available labour for picking, obviously, um, has meant a lack of um, a, a certain lack of supply and an increase in costs um, for farmers. And then also um, a lack of international shipping, an increase in shipping prices has meant that our Australia's reliance in some horticulture areas on cheaper imports is being tested somewhat as we can't get the supply in. So that's a really interesting one to play out into the future and we'll see how that um, – 
we can really, sorry, what I mean to say is that we can really see how a lack of labour and a lack of sh shipping can really affect um, the consumer's wallet. Um, the other one is cereal and bread products, um, which has stayed remarkably stable for a number of years now, um, which is also very interesting given the number, the amount of increase in global prices and Australian prices of wheat and other grains. So to summarise all of that, there is a definite increase in food prices, but I actually want to talk really quickly more broadly about what this means for Australian households' wallets and what does it mean in a global context. So if we have a quick look um, at the trends in Australian household income spend on food, it's been in really solid decline since the 1960s. And I would have to say in the past couple of years, it appears to have bottomed out. So we have to ask the question, um, are increased food prices actually going to be a thing of our future? Um, if we look at a global level, it very certainly is. So uh, global food prices are now the highest since 2011. And on a global level, there is a real definite reversal of the trend in um, decrease in prices. So again, decrease in global food prices had been happening since the 1960s. Um, and in recent years, that has very markedly turned around. And most people are anticipating on a global level that food, level, food prices are on the increase for a sustained period of time. So we have to ask whether that will flow through to Australian households' expenditure and can we expect our future to be marked with some higher food, food prices across the board? Um, the answer isn't in yet, but interesting for everyone to talk about. Well, you would tend to think so, but I guess with all these things, we're always looking for where the winners and losers are, for want of a better expression. Is there a case also in this that it's not just at the, the food and farmer level, but also, and you know, how sustainable is COVID, but the additional costs in the supply chain that have come from density limits and having to shut businesses down, the increased costs of management and sanitisation and practices, um, then you've got overlays of sustainability and managing energy costs and towards renewables and all of these kind of things. I yeah. mean, it, it really all points one way, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. It, it, it does. Um, and I think we've also come to an end where those huge technological advances we had sort of through the 60s, 70s, 80s, um, particularly when it came to cropping, but those huge productivity gains we were making have sort of petered out. So that trend towards lower food prices based off lower production costs um, is, is less of a factor. And as you say, all those other factors are now weighing on, on production. And there's also, there's also the competition for biofuels. So you see in a global level that the commodity making the greatest increase in prices are oils. So there's huge increase for vegetables, for, for biofuels, which is also playing into the whole, the whole global system. So everything... Uh, looks towards higher retail prices, in, in my opinion, but we'll have to see how it plays out, especially after COVID. Yeah, and the um, and the trade bit's interesting as well, and this is where, from a production point of view, uh, it will vary from commodity to commodity quite widely. But if you take um, items like avocados or strawberries, for example, you'll see price pressures and and supply. Uh, coming into a market where um, prices reflect that supply mm. and consumers benefit. And and without that sort of export alternative, farmers become a bit more captive to the domestic supply chain. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think, to be honest, people are seeing that with strawberries on the shelf right now. You know, there's a there's a huge amount of strawberries going for incredibly cheap and Australian households are having a lovely time as a result. Um, but I have to say, when it comes to horticulture, fruit and veg have always been very volatile for their retail prices, primarily because we're either a fully import, import market and we get most of our stuff from Chile and so forth, um, or we're locally produced only. So we fruit and veg prices always have been fairly up and down but it's it's really these um the increases in oils cereals sugar and meat which are really playing out in the global market yeah thanks maddie and and we'd love to think technology and innovation will come the way of fresh produce in particular so that for what is a very not popular but essential healthy um offering to consumers of australia remains accessible um, because it's an important part of nutrition and well-being for our own um, population. And so seeing it play out where everybody benefits would be the best possible thing. 